will be part two of love, relationships, and identity uh, conflict. Let me talk about conflict today. That song is by Ozzy Osbourne. And, all right, save your emails, all right? I don't agree with everything Ozzy Osbourne says, okay? So just just save it, all right? Um, I also don't agree with everything freaking Pat Robertson and Joel Olstein say either. So I'd rather you take issue with me on those because uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of problems with those guys say too. At least uh, Ozzy Osbourne will talk about where it hurts, you know, the deep parts of the soul that are wounded. At least, you know, at least Ozzy is willing to go to those places. You know, it, and that's the third level of identity. It's like, you know, on the surface level, yeah, I want to talk about being successful and how I can be a, a better Christian and, and stuff like that. But, you know, on the, sur- the surface level isn't the hard part. That, like, that's not the hard part. The hard part's not dealing with, with hurt, all right? Hurt and dealing with it and excavating the soul, that's, that's the hard part. And that's the thing about, you know, my recovery now is, is talking about the sexual abuse is I, I mean everything in my flesh wars against that. It's like I do not want to talk about it at all on a surface level. No way, shape, or form. There's just no way. And hear me in this. I in no way um, am blaming my my sex addiction on the fact that I was sexually abused. Um, I I'm guilty of what I did. And I, and I take full responsibility for what I did. I, I don't, you know, like I did a few shows ago, I don't use the idol of scapegoating um, as, as being a victim of what happened to me. Yes, I, I'm a victim. What happened to me was horrific and horrible. But at the same time, I can choose to heal from that or I can choose to ignore it and not look at it. And, and, the, and the sensitive heart the addictive personality, psychologists would say, the sensitive heart really does not want to go to, to deep heart-level wounds like that. But I guess what I'm trying to get through your head is is my relationship with God and the reason that I can, I can be here two years clean from sexual addiction is that um, Jesus saves... You know, and that's the thing about religion. That's why I hate religion so much is because it's so based on behavior. If the jacked up, messed up people like myself who end up, you know, in jail, those are the people who um, have done horrible things. Um, Just, I mean, just forget about just basic morality. I mean, crimes and, and horrible things that have happened. If, if it's all based on religion and behavior and acting the right way, then, then there's no hope for, for people like myself. So that's what I that's what I mean when I tell you my relationship with God, because Jesus saves me from from me. Jesus saves me from myself. 
okay? And that's not based on freaking behavior. So stop trying to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and, and surrender your heart. You know, it's not about conforming. It's about letting God transform you from the inside out. And I've said that a thousand times, but that's that's what I want to get through your head and to the new listeners. I'm not I'm not Mr. Religious Freak, alright? I I love Jesus and Jesus is not about religion. Jesus, when God walked this earth in human form, in human flesh, he didn't care about your religion. He didn't care about what club you were part of, what denomination, how you worshipped God. He looked at you and he said, are you hungry to break out of this this diseased, fleshy prison? Are you humble? Do you have your eyes on eternal things? And that's not about behavior, folks. It's not. It's about a relationship with God. A relationship with God. And God will cleanse you from the inside out if you let Him. Because for me, there would be no hope. For folks like me in my situation and with what's happened to me in my life, there'd be no hope. Just no hope. Jesus saves me from me. That's the truth. Don't get me started about, uh, you know, some of the media I use and stuff like that. I think that song is awesome. As a matter of fact, uh, for a, for a, about six months, I had that song on the bathroom wall, the, the lyrics to that song on the bathroom wall, with a big cross printed in it. And I uh, wanted to see that every day so I could get it in my head. That that's what my wife is doing, and this has to do with the last episode. My wife is trying to lay her world on me, all right, and I and I really didn't get that for a long time, and I didn't understand uh, her way of communicating. One of the things, uh, the problem I had was conflict, and maybe already you know you've tried some of the stuff on the last show. That's where I want you to get under, to to understand rhythm as well, and to, this is going to take some practice. All right. If you're if you're listening to the last show, and you know, maybe you listen to it five times or whatever, and you're, oh well, that didn't work for me, Russ. Listen. All right. You ever try and play guitar? All right. You ever try and play a, a piano or a musical instrument? Does it take? It takes some work, don't it? it? Takes some work to get into rhythm. It takes a while to learn the chords. It takes a. This is a heart level transformation that's going to take place. And it takes you surrendering your your will a little bit. You have to get to a point where you want to. You know, keep working on that. Get to a point where you want to, and you'll be able to play this instrument called intimacy. So what I'm saying when it comes to faith is when Jesus becomes real in your life, that's when you start to see the change. And, and it comes through prayer, and it comes through reading scripture and it really comes through letting that that scripture get inside your heart and cut you open you know it's not when when you start reading scripture not for everybody else like man my wife really needs to hear that verse or yeah that person over there this would really no what does it mean to you in your heart behind your eyes how does that hit you and that's what i you know jesus talks about it in john 15 the, the, the trees, the branches. I, I am the, the tree and you're the branches. You know, I, I flow into you. Apart from me, 
you, you can't do it. You can't. You do. You don't do anything. Apart from me, you can't do it. So when I try and do it on my own without Christ, it's just a, it's just a disaster. And, that, and that's what I'm trying to get you to understand with this. And breaking, getting into these, uh, getting into this harmony is when you will will let that scripture cut you open and and read you like praying that that John 15 out, like praying that out. That's when you'll let the Bible in your own heart. That's when you'll let Jesus in your own heart and and say, yeah, you know, I want to. I want to change. I want to repent from this sin. And I want to play that instrument. I want to play that instrument, man, bad. So you won't quit when it when, when your fingers start to get hurt. When you start to develop the, the, the little calluses on your fingers and your fingers start to hurt. When you get frustrated because you can't get that cord right away, what's going to pull you through is 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 prayer and letting God love you. And you know, by the way, I don't play guitar. All right, that's a metaphor. That's a analogy I'm trying to make here. Um, the thing is that I want you to understand is that you know, playing a guitar, playing an instrument, it's going to be painful, especially the guitar. It's like Playing those strings, it's gonna you're gonna get calluses on your fingers. It's gonna hurt a little bit. All right, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt getting started. And that's what I, I want you to, to embrace is that pain for the sake of love. All right, that's what the cross means. It's carrying a cross. It's it's pain for the sake of love. Going towards that goal. Mark Twain once said, "If you watch a cat jump on a hot stove." You will never see that cat jump on a hot stove again. The problem is you'll never see that cat jump on a cold stove again. You know, you can put his food and his water up there and he, he won't. You know, that's that's discipline though. That's uh, embracing pain. Don't tell me, oh, I tried that. It, it didn't work for me. You didn't get into rhythm, man. You didn't keep practicing. You eventually quit. You quit you quit trying. Don't ever quit. That's why I said it, you know, the last season over and over again. Don't you ever quit, all right? You do not quit. That's one of the biggest attitudes that got me through this is you do not stop. You do not, never, ever, ever quit. Never quit. Never quit. Keep picking away at it. Keep strumming at it. Keep working at it. The more passion you develop, the more want-to attitude you develop, the sooner you're going to be able to play that guitar. The sooner you're going to be able to get into rhythm. And that's what I want you to understand about that rhythm, man. But today I'm going to talk about conflict um, because that's what I didn't get. You know, I heard that song, listened to the lyrics. Uh, I had them in the bathroom. I saw them every day. And I still had a hard time getting getting myself to understand what that meant. She just, she just wants to lay her world on you, Russ. She just wants to connect. She just wants to know you. And that's where uh, conflict comes in. Because intimacy... And conflict go hand in hand. All right, there you cannot have intimacy without being able to handle conflict in in some way or another. So with that song, "Lay Your World on Me," it was like 
the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, you know? I mean, every time we got into a conflict, I would get defensive. I used to go to uh, just ignore it or pretend like, uh, yeah, everything's okay, whatever, you know, I'll just do whatever. Um, I used to do that. Or I would go to the other extreme and just get just get really defensive, not trying to hear what my wife was saying, just trying to defend my own position. Not even looking at her position, just trying to defend myself. And the problem with that is that there's there's no intimacy there. It's, it's another... It's another uh, dodging conflict. And I know that for some of you, when I use that that uh, term, lay your world on me, and I play a little bit of the lyrics to that, some of you are probably thinking about idolatry, right? Like, I could be, you know, teaching my wife that she needs to lay her world on me and not Jesus. That's, that's not what this song is about. And for me to love my wife is not putting her um, as God in my life. I think that in the last show, I, I, I placed the point on the fact that through knowing God, through being part of the uh, Him being the tree and us being the branches, we can love to an extent that we can't on our own. We just can't. Um, there's, a, there's a thing in, in Christian culture, and I'm going to talk about purity for a minute, about uh, you know your, the, the purity of your marriage. Okay, The purity of your marriage is in the purity of your marriage bed what I'm, this is what I'm trying to get across here is does not come from the outward behavior it does but that's a symptom that the, the fact that you're addicted to porn or you're having affairs or whatever it is you're doing your thought life all of that has to do with a with, with something going on in your heart so, and there seems to be this thing in Christian culture that says for ladies to say to ladies uh, you know uh, don't look for your husband to give you some kind of some kind of love or support. Or, you know, you shouldn't look to him because you should be looking for that in Jesus. And, and I want to put a stop to that kind of um, arrogant attitude by by some of the teachers in in, in the, the Christian evangelical world. I think that is an arrogant, and there's nothing about that in the scripture. I think it's it, it is it is just downright wrong, and it's why. It is one of the symptoms of, of divorce in the church. Okay? You, it is, there's nothing sinful, ladies, about wanting your husband to love you, wanting your husband to notice you. All right? And I would contend that, ladies, if you're, if you're wearing a tight dress, if you're um, dressing up provocatively for, for someone in the office, it's because that person is giving you more attention than your husband is. Is that sinful? Yeah, that's sinful. But you know what? It is a symptom of an underlying cause, all right? I'm always going for the heart in this show. And when I talk about purity, it's inner purity. And Jesus talks about that in Mark 7, if you want to read more on inner purity, on purity of heart, because that's where purity comes from. For a lot of you, like myself, if you've tried to manage your behavior, you can do it for a couple of weeks, right? And that's the same thing with, for me with this Aussie song. I've been, been trying, trying really hard to, to do this. You know, let her lay your world on you, Russ. But I had to go inside my heart and look at my motivations as to why I got so dang defensive. And I still do. And I still am working on that. And I'm going to keep going after what, where that, that cause comes from. My defensiveness. My not looking at my wife as holy and blameless even when she's being sinful, even when she's angry. 
You know? I am to love her undefensively. Well, she's judging me. Yeah, look into your heart and find out why. Because like I said in the last show, guys, your wife, you know, getting historical and talking about stuff from the past and bringing up, you know, that fight you had four years ago, there's something in there that's try- that she's trying to, to communicate her heart about. And for us to say, oh, that happened four years ago, for us to say something like that is, is just getting defensive. It's not looking through what she's saying and trying to find out what the motivation of that is. Or, or her trying to ask you what your motivation is because something in the present day is reminding her of that thing four years ago because that's how her heart works, okay? That's just how her heart works. That's how women are wired. You don't like it taken up with God. <laughs> But I'm telling you, if you love God, if you can pull that love from the tree into the branch that is you, you're going to have a whole lot more fulfilling life. Because sex is worship when you get to that level. When you can pull together intimacy and and love and you can make love, it's amazing, mind-blowing intimacy, physical, sexual spiritual intimacy that you cannot get anywhere else. And and I would contend that you can't get it without knowing Christ. That's just my position, folks. Prove me wrong. How do we get there? How do we get to where we can handle conflict? What kind of an attitude do I need to adopt? Do I need to start to play? What kind of an instrument of attitude can I get in my hands to help me deal with conflict because if you're having sexual problems if, if there's a been an affair if you're you you have a compulsive porn habit whatever it is um, more than likely one of the biggest problems is is that you fit into one of these two these two camps that I'm about to talk about all right number one is I heard a behavioral psychologist say a few years ago I thought this was really interesting. He said that, you know, a lot of atheists believe that we evolved from monkeys, but he says, I, I think it's dogs. And he says, you know, physically we look like monkeys, but socially and relationally, we're, we're more like dogs. We're more like pack dogs, you know? We, we, we get in packs and clicks and I think on our surface level, um, our wiring is a lot like socially, like dogs. And I think the problem in relationship is, is that some of you are have, have this pack kind of mentality like a dog, like where your spouse, and this is either the guy or his wife, where you're, you know, if they have a problem or an issue, they come at you and you just roll over and you, you throw your neck up and, and give them your throat, all right? Or you just cow to them. You, you instantly stick your tail between your legs and, uh, you know... And a lot of guys do this, man. I, I did this for a lot of years. Not, I don't. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to address. I'm not going to. I'm not going to engage my wife in a conflict. I'm just going to shut up. The problem with that is that we're not dogs, and we actually have this this heart, this soul inside us that wants to, that that just keeps running. You know, like an engine, like a motor. It just keeps going. And we either build resentment, or we deal with the conflict. Or we get into some meeting and we talk about it amongst other lonely people who aren't talking about 
they're talking to their wives about their relationships, which can be the negative side of of group. I, I think the group is great. I think you need to be in group, especially in recovery. You need to start being able to just talk to people, to just open up your mouth and, and see that you even have a voice inside your heart. So I think group is important. Don't hear me you know, say that you shouldn't go to group. You do need group. The problem with group is that you can use that as your functional savior. Like it can be the thing that can get you to talk. Like I'm not going to talk to my wife. I'm going to save this for group. No. You need to be in conflict. You need to bring to group, how come I can't do conflict with my wife or my husband? How come I just let them run over me? And as the man, you know, it's like whether her reactions to my pain or my fear um, is, whether it's right, it's not even about right or wrong. You know, I look at my wife's anger and my wife's judgment at me as a blessing instead of a curse now because I believe that this is her way of getting me to, to open up my heart and I thank God for that. Some of you ladies may be listening because um, you're afraid to do that with your guy, you know, you're afraid to open up, you're afraid to get angry with his behavior, with his locking himself in a shell, with him um, putting all his energy into the surface identity, into things that um, Ecclesiastes would say, the things under the sun that, that don't really matter, you know, he's investing in these things and, and you're afraid to get pissed off, you're afraid to get angry at him. You know, because you're, you don't you don't really know why, you know? It's it's this, it's that identity thing. And ladies, you're trying to pull his heart. You're trying to pull on his heartstrings. And I pray that you have the courage to do that. Because this this may be the reason that some of you ladies are, are spending a lot of time on your MySpace page. You know? Why you're, you're, you're scouring the personal ads. Why you're chatting about breaking commandments with some guy on the internet um, this may be the reasons why because you're afraid to get in your man's face and say am I more important am I more important than that am I maybe you're afraid of the answer maybe you're afraid his heart is so defensive that he might answer wrong but this is conflict. And guys, one of the things I want to get you to get your head around is when you react to your wife in conflict, is what you say unloving? Do you say it in an unloving way? What, how is your tone? How do you respond with your tones and, and your words? Because your wife is not listening so much to your words, but your tones and your body language and how you say it, not necessarily what you say. So I, I just pray that we're getting down to that third level, folks. Man, I just pray that you're doing that. That's my prayer for you. Is that we do not stay in our comfortable, surfacy identity. Because the blessing of God, the, most, the biggest blessing in my whole life is that God would crash my car. Alright, that happened to me. That God would wipe out that surface identity. That he would continue to hammer away at the person that I think I want to be. Because that person is just going to end up in a box on this planet in the ground somewhere. 
It's another thing King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that God put eternity in the hearts of men. And that's the third level, folks. That's the third level of identity of who you are. I talked a little bit last season about conflict and how a big part of an addict's um, deal, you know, a part of them being alone, a part of them being locked up in their own heart, uh, addiction, I believe, is the symptom of that. As someone who's hurt in their heart or wounded in their heart or just simply locked up and, and alone in their heart and they can't they can't get, bring that to the surface. They're having a real hard time bringing their heart out to where, where people can see it. So when somebody says, and, and here's what I talked about last year that I'd like to uh, revisit for this season, this, this uh, continuation of season one and, and entering into season two eventually here. Um, I talked about how it's important for you to tell your spouse that you're hurt, all right? Or, or anyone else for that matter. If someone wounds you, um, I tell them about it. But the problem with that, and I think that something that I had not been through yet last year, was that, so how do you turn this, this passivity, this kind of uh, pretending like everything's all right when, when you know it's not in your heart? I mean, how do, you, how do you turn this around? How do you make it, uh, how do you shine a light on it? Because the thing about that, that I found in in especially dealing with sexuality, is that there seems to be this attitude of, you know, it's this black hole. It's just this black sucking thing that's just horrible and sexuality is terrible. And Here's the deal. Bringing the light. God brings the light, all right, and he shines it on, on men's hearts. And to bring the light into your marriage, to bring the light of into your sexuality, I want you to... You know, just just go deep into to intimacy. First of all, I want you to esteem your wife, guys. Speaking to the guys here, you you gotta tell her, man. You gotta tell her you love her. Tell her how important she is. You know, whatever she does, the things that she does, is she creative? What kind of things does she do? Is it her beauty? I mean, look at the the, the songs of Solomon. I mean, King Solomon constantly is is esteeming his wife and telling her how beautiful she is, how important she is, how much uh, prestige she has. He, he puts her on a pedestal in that book. That book also talks about how uh, sexuality is a, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of love and intimacy. I've talked about how sex is a barometer. You know, it's it's a gauge. It's it's a way to see how your intimacy is. How how are you connecting? How are you doing with one another? And guys, and and this is me too, man. And I'm not perfect at this. And I'm just as guilty as the rest of you. But I have gone two years clean from sexual addiction. And now I'm at this place where I want I want a deeper relationship with my wife. I want a deeper sexuality with my wife. Because here's the great thing when it comes to sex. That the sex that I have now compared to the the addict crap, all right, it, it's beautiful. It, it there's a connection there. There's there's something there that happens in the orgasm of a of a couple that love each other. That not just not just that love, but the the intimate connection 
I made the analogy of makeup sex and how how that is, but but it, it, it's even deeper than that. And I want more of that. And I only you can only get that with your wives, guys. You can only get that with that love, deep, intimate connection. And it comes from it comes from like I say that the whole attitude. It comes from an attitude. Like the Songs of Solomon talks about. It's, it's, a, it's an attitude. It's a heart change. Not seeing your wife as the enemy. Because that's what you're doing. If you're, if you're throwing up your neck and just surrender just like a dog with his tail between. If you're doing that, you're, you're, you're not looking at your wife. You know, you're building that little resentment thing that you're putting away for later. Or whatever you're doing. I don't know. But what I'm what I'm saying is that that changing that attitude is is what's going to get you a better sex life. Putting the the porn away, knowing you know, developing some of the attitudes I've talked about in this show, developing some of the methods I I talk about to to put that stuff away, to esteem your wife, to build her up, to find more things about her that are that are sexual that are beautiful that get you going and it's not always physical as a matter of fact it's less physical the the heart level intimacy stuff are less physical and more emotional and, and interconnected in the soul and there's a there's a sexuality there's a, there's a thing that happens there in sex that is amazing that I can't explain to you but I want you to get there because that is the that's what sexual arousal was designed for that is the the part of it that makes it holy you know makes it beautiful it is a it is a a picture of what heaven will be like And, and that is what sex is supposed to be. You know, after a hard day, Songs of Solomon, man, it's Solomon talks about that. He says, you know, after a long day, after a hard day, you are my, my pools, he says. And basically the pools, pools of Bethesda were these pools that were outside of the, the market gate. And when he had a hard day, that was his resting place. So when the, when the heart wounds, when the wounds, you know, come to the surface, when we start showing our heart a little more, and then when, you know, and there's always conflict with that. Once you start to show your heart a little more, you're going to have conflict. And now you have to learn how to respond in a healthy way to these, um, to these conflicts. But it's important to be in conflict. Um, the second, the second uh, animal analogy I wanted to make um, is which is people who aren't having conflict and that's part of the problem um, is ants marching Dave Matthews the great theologian Dave Matthews uh, wrote a song called ants marching I'll play a little bumper of it right uh, right about now he wakes up in the Changes our things. The weak ends, the weak begins. She thinks we love each other. 
marching back and forth. There's no, there just seems to be, like Dr. Block said when, when I interviewed him, you know, you, you get, you come to the restaurant and you see the, uh, the old married couples. They're all, they're all, you know, they're sitting, they're eating their food. They're not talking, you know, they're just kind of, uh, they're just there, you know, and, and there's no passion there anymore. And I believe this is what happens when you get to this, this ants marching kind of attitude back and forth with life and the things that, uh, you know, King Solomon talks about vexation of spirit is all vanity. You know, there's all this stuff is just all we, we get into to the busyness of life as, as a couple and we stop missing the other one, you know? Well, I'm going to go out with the guys. Well, I'm going to go out with the girls. Well, you know, I'm going to do this. We got this work going on, and, and eventually there were just ships passing in the night. And this is the scary part, you know? This is the part where um, I'd rather have you screaming at each other, all right? I'd rather have you freaking out and going to a marriage counselor before you kill one another because there's there's more there's something to deal with there. There's passion there. Even in anger, even in people freaking out, there's passion. Um, in the ants marching, I believe you can get passion back, but like I said before, you have to go to conflict. And if you're listening to my voice, you're dealing with addiction. The reason you're dealing with addiction is because you're not able to talk to your lover if you're married about your heart. I, I want you to Keep that that passion going in your in your marriage. Keep the the heart level passion going. Enjoy things together that you you both enjoyed. Do stuff together. Love you know. Sit and sit and have a cup of coffee in the morning. Carve out an hour, a half hour in the morning, and and spend some time together. Just being with each other. And that that will create conflict. It will, if you do it, if you keep doing it on an ongoing basis, if you try and love your spouse. I mean, be creative and, and do some stuff. Love your spouse. This will, this will create intimacy. And, it, and if you're like me and my wife and, and you have some disagreements and you have some things that you're don't have in common, then it's going to cause conflict. And that's okay. That's good. Conflict is good. How you deal with it is important. Breaking that habit of, of either just ignoring it or I'm going to go out with the guys or I'm going to go out with the girls or I'm going to go shopping or, you know, whatever it is. Fishing, you know, whatever you do to withdraw Turn back to your spouse. And, and turn to love. Turn to God. And here's the deal. Some of you may be thinking, what does this all have to do with uh, sexual addiction, Russ? You know, I have a problem with porn. Why are you telling me about relationships? Um, your sexual behavior is inescapably tied to intimacy, Okay not being able to do these heart level um, things, not being able to connect with your spouse in some kind of a rhythm and some kind of a harmony that is that goes down to the level uh, of your heart of, of your inner you know the 
the, the most vulnerable parts of you, your, your fears, your desires, your dreams, whatever it is, you're not connecting on those kinds of levels. Part of conflict, this is a big part of conflict, and this is going to be a weird analogy, but I'm going to throw it out there for the sake of helping you understand that, that this is about rhythm and this is about harmony and that there really is no silver bullet, all right? There's no... Everybody's different. Every couple has their different rhythms. But the facts are that we all play a certain song. Let, let's say that a conflict is a song. Let's say we have a conflict and, and we start fighting about it. We start bickering about it. Us as addicts, our, our main um, MO, our main... Uh, problem, the addiction under the addiction is that we go to withdrawal. We just, I'm just going to ignore this and pretend like, you know, this doesn't hurt or that this didn't happen or that this isn't really a conflict. I'll just ignore it and, you know, we'll just forget about it. The problem with that is uh, we don't forget about it. We, we start building resentment, right? We, we make a decision to either engage in the conflict or something that's, that's important to us, something that's in our heart. We, we either engage in the conflict or we, we go to withdraw. And then withdrawal turns to resentment. The, the, the key, I talked about last show, the key to dealing guys, because we're the leaders, and, and this is going to be gender specific, and yes, I'm going to talk about absolute truths, because it, for us to get into rhythm, we have to look at our wife with, like Jesus has the eyes that says, um, I see her as holy and blameless. Yeah, but she's screaming at me. She hates me. Yeah, and you're addicted to porn, and Jesus still loves you. You know, you're addicted to sex, and Jesus still loves you. You have the grace, the saving grace of Christ on you because Jesus does not see your crap and your sin. Now, does that stuff affect our lives? Yeah, it does. It's jacking up your life. That's probably why you're listening to me right now. It's messed your life up. Is your wife screaming at you, um, jacking your life up? Yeah, yeah, it is. But how do we break the pattern? How do we get into rhythm? When you can start looking at her with, with love in your eyes and try and get to her heart, what's underneath the words? What is, what is, what is the, starting, the starting point of what she's trying to say? What is she trying to say to you under the words, in her heart? What is her heart saying to you? All you hear is words and you're ducking and you're running and you're trying to, no. What is she saying underneath the words? And, and here's, here's what I've had to learn. Um, I don't know if you've ever. This is there's a there's a video game that my kids got, and me and my wife have been playing it, and it's called Guitar Hero. All right, I'm going to do a Guitar Hero analogy. I don't play guitar, but this is a PlayStation. It's a video game, and basically, um, you have a song that you're supposed to play, and you have a, a the the what do you call it? The controller is actually like a, a plastic guitar, and it's got buttons on it, and you have to keep up with the rhythm of the song that's playing. And as the song starts playing, you you either keep up with the rhythm or the song fails and you have to either try again or try a different song or whatever. But you, you can't go to the next level until you master the songs that are in your, your playlist deal, right? So me and my wife, and you can play this on a two-player mode. So we're both playing this game. And if one of us messes up, then the, then the song crashes and, you know, we have to start over. This is the same with a conflict, Okay. If we're not both playing the rhythm, if we're, if I'm stepping on her toes and she's stepping on my toes, the thing gets totally out of rhythm and the, and the conflict is never resolved. That's where grace comes in, all right? 
somebody has to step off the freaking crazy six cycle carousel like the Lifehouse song says somebody puts their foot down and says alright I'm sorry the words I used were, were not appropriate let's get back to the main thing at hand and guys for us to talk to our wives in their language we have to get to their emotions and what they're trying to say underneath the emotions because we're trying to fix it most of the time us guys because we think so logical we're trying to fix it all right how do I fix this no you need to listen to her heart and find out what's underneath it and you know there is a little bit of heart repair going on there but it's not this logical well you know if you just don't be so busy then you wouldn't be frustrated like that all right that's a insensitive way of, of saying something that's that's deeper than just being busy all right there, there's a reason she's busy underneath that. Women are, are very, the way you ladies communicate is very, it's emotional first. So guys, when we can listen to her underneath her words and find out what she's trying to say from her heart, then we start to break the pattern. Then we can, then we can solve the conflicts better. And she's not always going to be, um, I'm talking to guys most mostly men who have done things or are doing things sexually that they're they're in a bad habit of and when you can look at her with with love in your eyes and maybe getting to that level is something else and that's why I, I you know you need a counselor get into counseling a good counselor because most of them are freaking idiots all right you need to find somebody who who you can trust who's dealing with these heart level things and, and that's why I say get a Christian counselor Okay, because they're gonna any other counselor is just gonna tell you hand you another addiction, all right? Instead of the the one you already have. Like you know, you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to sex, then here's something else. Alright, and that just it just doesn't help. It just doesn't bring intimacy. The picture of the gospel, the picture of Jesus and the church and all of that is you loving your wife and your family first. That's in the Bible, alright? Paul tells Timothy, don't don't even let somebody be, you know, a, a deacon in your church, a pastor, if their marriage is screwed up, if their family is screwed up. How, how are they supposed to help God's people and lead the church when they can't even lead their own family, all right? That's in the Bible. So I, I hope I can get through to your head how critical this is. First Peter 3, read that. that that's all about this. The rhythm, the harmony of the, of the home, of the marriage, of the couple. First... First, so many churches out there got it backwards. Let's get into ministry. Let's go out and evangelize. It, you need to get your house right first, and that means getting intimacy right all the way down to the to the core of your heart. To the core of your heart. So that's this week's show. I've been getting a lot of email, and I want to say uh, I'm going to address some of the stuff on uh, some of the emails that I've been getting soon. On, on this series but uh, I'm going to close with uh, with a song I want you to uh, play a little bumper here or two and I just want you to be thinking about that about getting into rhythm about getting into harmony with your family love relationships and identity who is the identity who is the couple you know when you get when people get a divorce it's like they're putting to, to death something they're putting something to death and that is that entity that is the couple right so 
This all has to do with your sexual addiction. So I want you to, uh, I want you to be in mind of this. I want you to be thinking about your heart and not your surface identity, not all the crap that you have to deal with on the surface. I want you to try and get to your heart, trying to get to her heart. Don't be selfish. Be selfless in your heart. Until next week, remember, life is, it actually is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to that 20%. First time is the name of that tune. A little bumper there for you. Um, I want to uh, make a little announcement to close out the show here. Uh, just to make sure, because I know a lot of you have this habit. I used to for a long time. Um, this information is for you guys. All right, I'm talking to guys especially here. This information is for you to listen to for your ears. Now, if you want to listen to it with your wife and a pad and a paper out and explain a laundry list of how you've screwed up and, and messed up this this uh, this thing called intimacy, um, you're more than welcome to do that. But if you're going to use this material to, to put on your wife and to, to judge her and to tell her how she should be, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to should on your wife with this material. I want to make that perfectly clear. I wanted to put a little extra note in here about that because... Um, some of us have the habit of, of instantly not wanting to look at ourselves and put it on our spouse because uh, that's blame shifting. That is the idolatry of scapegoating. And uh, the second you do that, you might as well just throw this audio program out because it means nothing. And if you don't get that, go back and listen to it again. Until next time.